Duke Dean puts the team and the fan base on his back in what is a monster performance earlier this week. So let's show the man some love. Let's get to some Braves talk. that needed a pick-me-up, Duke Dean provided it. Welcome to Brace Talk, everybody. This is the Iceman, Matt Freights, and across from me, the pals, Coach and OG. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Iceman, Dad, Braves Nation. It is ISU Eve, the war on 74. I am pumped. Just a little over 24 hours from now, we'll be tipping it off against the birds. I cannot wait. It sounds like a lot of tickets have been sold already. The lower bowl is sold out from what uh, I've seen on social media. So super excited about that. Um, Obviously pumped up about the result that we got on Wednesday night and the effort that we showed. And it was the type of game you wanted to see with the way the last few had gone. We came out, asserted ourselves, and my goodness, Duke freaking Dean, man. The guy just went off, and it was a blast to see. The Duke of Illinois. There's two other Valley teams, but we're going to crown him Duke of Illinois. Look at you coming in hot this week after last week. Good. I'm good. This week, you're fired up. I love, love hearing that. So before we get started, gentlemen, I think we need to give a shout-out to Brave superfan Tony Segetti for a wonderful X spaces that he provided the fan base after the big win. And wouldn't you know it, Coach Brian Wardle showed up to give a little bit of positivity. Even Braves Talk got a little bit of a shout-out. So we are definitely not worthy of that kind of thing. But we want to thank him and congratulate them. And hopefully from here on out, we and him and anybody else who wants to provide positivity can do so. So let's not even talk about the way that the week started. Obviously, we needed to pick me up, and we got it big time as the big win takes place over Missouri State. The second half was ridiculous. The team scores 53 points. And they really needed this confidence. This was kind of one of those wire-to-wire sort of wins that you needed, and we hadn't really had that. And this is Duke Dean Appreciation Night, fellas. So let's go over what he did this week. Career-high 35 points, 13-17 from the field, which is absolutely ridiculous. 9-12 from beyond the arc, breaking multiple records, surpassing the 1,000-point mark, joining his teammate Malavai Leons, or Leons, or however it is that you say that. And you guys are going to talk about all of the memories that you have and what he means to this team and what has meant to this team over the years. So congratulations to Duke. And this is his night, man. So let's get after it. No, absolutely it is. And and I want to talk a minute about Wednesday night. It, it was the closest I think we've been so far this year to putting two complete halves together. The The shots just weren't falling. We were getting some good looks in the first half, especially from three. They, they simply just weren't going down, and, and sometimes those are the breaks. But the defense really kept us in the game, allowed us to preserve a lead. And I thought it was great on the postgame show. Coach Wardle said that, you know, we know we're going to be fine in the second half. We just we just got to keep it close to halftime. And, you know, fortunately, we had, what, a six-point lead, I, I believe, at the half and came out and just took control of it in the second half on the shoulders of Duke Dean, like you said. And the guy, he you cannot overstate the value that he has shown uh, that he's provided to the university and the community in this basketball program. Uh, you know, he transferred in last year uh, from Troy 
Uh, he's from Shreveport, Louisiana, you know, so this has just got to be, you know, you're going from Shreveport, Louisiana to Peoria, Illinois, probably a big kind of culture shock a little bit, the cold weather, everything else. And, uh, you know, a whole new teammates, new community. And everyone here I know welcomed him with open arms. And he has been an absolute stud, just the uh, model of consistency throughout his time here. And the guy is, you know, there's story after story. And most of you listening are aware of all of them. The guy has just overcome adversity time and time again. And every time that it seems like people on the outside of this program want to doubt him, he answers in a big way. And that's exactly what he did Wednesday night. I believe there was uh, what led to the the weak technical that was called, in my opinion. It sounds like from some of the stuff I read, maybe there was a reference shortly before Duke went off by one of the guys on the Missouri State bench referring to him as small or making some sort of gesture referring to Duke as small. And I think that Duke showed everybody how, how small he isn't. Well, I believe uh, Minion mentioned something that it, he wasn't for sure, but it looked like uh, uh, Duke puckered his lips a little bit, like throwing a kiss out. So, hey, ref was just a little. I love you guys like this. Like, we haven't had this kind of energy on the show. I mean, the first episode, obviously, we did. It was exciting. Everybody was excited. But you two are glowing. Like, you just have this glow to you. You're not fighting. You're not bickering. This is really the show at its peak. Give it time. It's pinnacle, I'm sure. I'm sure that will happen at some point. But, boy, what a game. Correct Brad on one thing. He oh. didn't transfer in two years, or last year he transferred in two years ago. My apologies, yeah. Yes. And, and that's that's worth noting. And I, I know a lot about the history of Bradley basketball, but I'm not perfect by any means. So thank you for correcting me on that. Um, I mean, grateful to have him and uh, I'm hopeful that we get to have him for another year and that he comes back and stays with the program. And just, you know, if, if this group stays together and comes back next year, this core they could take Bradley basketball to heights that we haven't seen in a really long time and and keep this thing rolling. And I'm super pumped about that. But you said we're glowing. And that's because, like you said, man, it's it's ISU Eve and the Redbirds are coming to town. And uh, nothing gets the Bradley fans worked into a frenzy quite like the war on 74. And we just found out that we have a ringer who works in the admissions office at Bradley University sitting right next to you in the OG, as he knows when everybody has enrolled in the school, as we now know. But Brad, you told me offline that you wanted to give some flowers to some players that maybe deserve some of it and maybe deserve it from you based off of some comments that you feel like you made earlier in the season. So the floor is open for you to shower others with appreciation. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of praise that can go around with this team and, and kind of the, especially the effort they put forth Wednesday coming off of, you know, sort of the week they have had. Uh, but Connor Linky, man, like coming off the bench and you know the guy hasn't gotten a ton of opportunities i know last year when rink was hurt he got some minutes early in the season and i remember dad and i talking and we said you know it as much as we love to have rink out there it was these minutes are going to pay dividends at some point like this experience that he's getting is going to pay off at some point down the road and, and maybe kind of some of what we're seeing is we're, we're starting to reap, see him reap those benefits i don't want to say us i mean as fans it's great to see him uh, have success but he came out and he played some great minutes uh he was he did little things again you know he yeah he got a bucket and some boards but you know coach Ward will give him credit for setting some great screens that got duke open for a lot of his threes he hit in the second half you know he he knows how to play within the team system as, as coach said multiple times again on the post game show and you just can't give the guy enough credit because most people under those circumstances would get a bad attitude would start to point fingers, uh, maybe feel sorry for themselves a little bit. And Connor has not done that. I mean, 
I cannot give that young man more praise. That I mean, it's it's just absolutely incredible. Yep, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally, hundred percent with Connerly. Thanks. <laughs> you I'm didn't give me a signal. I wasn't quite ready. I'm just figuring to chime in, and I can't see the light. So, but <laughs> no, no uh, yeah, you got Connor. that right. With Connor linking you know, This hey, is where I have failed you as a He was moderator. solid. I mean, is he going to be that offensive threat, you know, like a rink band? Absolutely not. But everything else he did was absolutely solid. He uh, set two or three good uh, screens that helped free up Duke for a couple of his three-pointers. So Sounds like kudos we just heard this somewhere. Oh. Yeah. You know, so all that good stuff. And then – you know, I got to go back to Duke for a second. I can't help it. But, hey, Duke has been a major spark to this team. I know we talked a lot, you know, and Coach Wardless talked a lot about the glue with Hickman. Duke is a spark. A little bit of difference. But, man, he can he can come in and light it up. Do He can do a lot of different things for, you know, the little guy and, and such. And you always, you always love it. Well, one thing I want to make sure we don't do, and it's so easy as fans to get complacent, and to start to think, start to take some of these guys for granted, right? And their contributions for granted. And and Duke is one of those guys that he, I don't think he's really battled, at least not battled injuries to the point where he hasn't been able to play. He's always on the floor. And the guy's playing between 35 and 40 minutes a night. And he's, he's done that basically for two years straight, at least. And, um, you know, it, it, I don't, I want to make sure that, at least I as a fan really enjoy that. And I encourage the rest of you as fans, you know, let's really appreciate um, the effort and consistency we're getting out of some of these guys because they're playing a lot of minutes, you know, whether it's Duke or Connor or Mal, Darius, um, you know, we got the young guys that are contributing. Christian Davis, Atlason went 50% from three on Wednesday, which is something we really needed and hopefully can continue moving forward. He gets a little confidence back. Um, you know, so we are getting some contributions. Obviously, Damarian Birch coming along and still finding his way within the offense, and and he is such a lightning rod when he comes in, and it's a it's a ton of fun to watch him play and to watch him develop as the season goes on. So, um, you know, just credit all around to everybody, and, and again, I don't want to take it for granted because you know these guys are eventually going to move on, and um, you know, then all we'll have is is the memories that remain. So I want to make sure that we enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. And Rick, I failed you as your host or your moderator to cue you up. So another lightning take from you, just like uh, Duke Dean is out there. But other things that I took away from this game, obviously, I think you could almost say this was a perfect second half from the team. 53 points. You don't see that too, too often. As a matter of fact, a lot of teams in the Big Ten don't even score 53 points in a game. So you have Bradley doing that in the second half, but 16 to 33 from three. Six turnovers, something we've talked about in, in previous games about how the turnovers seem to be cascading on themselves, and you see that here, winning the rebound battle. What excites me about this from a fan perspective is if this is the team that's going to be playing from now until the end of Mar Arch Madness, this is a dangerous basketball team. And this is what, Brad, you have been hoping for, saying that if we can ever put it all together, play at 100% of our potential, this is 100% of their potential. I mean, maybe not, but like if you think about everything that happened in this game, this is probably almost the ideal situation, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's definitely real close. Uh, I don't know that you ever get to no. 100%. Yeah, you never play the perfect game. But uh, And Wednesday wasn't the perfect game. I and mean, There were plenty of things. There were plenty of things that were frustrating in the first half, especially. And, you know, winning and winning in the fashion that we did sort of makes a lot of those things fade away real easily. But, again, it's never going to be perfect. 
And you you have to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff because things could have gone things could have gone south pretty fast. Um, in a, you know after the way things went on Sunday, and they they came back. And if there was ever any doubt that the the coach Wardle and his staff have the buy-in from the guys in the locker room Wednesday uh, got rid of all doubt in my opinion and you could say well Duke's not going to go out and score 35 every night uh, but he hasn't been the only guy that's been up in that neighborhood you know Hickman's been close to 30 miles had some big nights so we've got multiple guys that can go out there and go off so even if Duke doesn't go for 35 you know Connor might go for 28 and you know Mal might go for 25 and Darius might get up there close to 20 and there, there's plenty of ways that we can hurt you, and that's what makes this team so beneficial. But again, credit to uh, to Coach World and his staff for getting these guys ready to play. And we're starting to see, and hopefully I think tomorrow we'll see the next step of what we talked about on the first episode was Coach Wardle getting his teams to play their best down the stretch, heading into Arch Madness, and we're here, man. So uh, I'm really pumped about it. And Yeah, sometimes you need to go through that adversity to – have this bounce back i mean this is the kind of win like you see this a lot in pro sports where it's like if we could just get this big win that can kind of unite everything and it seems like the team is united even with the way that the week started go ahead rick yep yep man you said uh take this this style of play into the tournament i'm gonna say let's take it through the tournament and into the big dance fellas let's get her done we got big it, dance. Is, is that an official prediction by you? Can we can we put you on the spot? Oh, every here year with, it's going to be an official prediction by me. Is it a national championship prediction, or are we kind of tepper, t- tapering our expectations? Well, I got another take on that. Oh, excellent. Go we, ahead, if, please. If, we get, you if, tell, if, please. If you let me get into talking about Coach Wardle for a few minutes here. Yes, go ahead. He's been here, what, this is his ninth season, and he's he's done very well. He's made his mark in, in the coaching ranks at Bradley and my personal feelings obviously what he came into he had to build up and he's now at a record of 154 and 135 i believe so he's got a winning record he ranks right up there with with the ones that's been around since i've in my lifetime of following bradley which starts with coach Stoll to uh versace albeck mullinary jimmy Luss, the unmentionable and then him <laughs> you know so you know him being Wardle, um, he's got one thing that I was uh, that I discovered today. He has not had a season yet with single-digit losses. Right now, he's at nine for this season. Could this be the year that he ends the season with a single-digit loss on his season record? That would be nice. If not, let's go get it next year. It would be nice. I was Make, like, please that don't predict that. I was like, this show can be a kiss of death <laughs> with that stuff. So please, please don't predict that. Hey, anything, anything can happen. Don't this put that sports. stink on us, man, please. <laughs> like, we don't need that. We're just trying to get this started. But I I have to agree with you. And one of the things that I've picked up as we've been doing this and I've been kind of following and trying to follow more as a fan is how these programs like Bradley and others, the camaraderie that you see because of how tied in they are to the, the geographic location that they are. And look, Virginia Tech was was great, and we obviously had a camaraderie. There's a lot of people, so it's easier to foster that. And sometimes you can get lost in feeling like you're part of this big machine. And luckily, I live in an area in which there is still a heavy Virginia Tech presence. But if I didn't, if I lived in California, say, I wouldn't feel that way. 
And so I love seeing the fan base be so juiced about this. And also for Coach Wardle, I think a great thing was joining that spaces the other night because it's like not only is the fan base pumped up, but he now projects that positivity and is part of the fan base that way. I always love to see that out of coaches. That was one of the criticisms that the former head coach, Brian no, Brian Fuente, and I can't even remember his name now, Coach Fuente, it doesn't matter. He didn't be, he wasn't part of the community in Blacksburg. And now you got Brent Pry, who is. And I think that's always the best. So that was my biggest takeaway from Wednesday was just how excited Coach Wardle was and yucking it up with the fans. That's always a great sign. No, absolutely. And I think we forget as fans how it's easy for us, man, to sit back and and make judgments and criticisms um, when we've had time. I mean, and we all do it. And that's just that's the privilege of being a fan. Right. But what what these these guys work their tails off. And, and I don't have like intimate knowledge of that, but I can just by all accounts, these guys work their butts off and they they invest countless hours into game planning and practicing and recruiting and preparation and and just spending time with the team and growing you know that uh that culture and camaraderie which you have to have especially um i think that's very unique amongst basketball teams because they are so small you have to have that and if you get one or two guys that kind of go astray that could uh, sink the ship in a hurry so you know, I do think you have to be, you know, at times you probably have to be a, a motivator, a, a psychologist, um, you know, maybe a father figure even at times. So it, it's it's a tough balance to achieve. And the fact that he's been able to have the success that he's had as consistently as he's been able to have it is really impressive. And credit needs to be given there. And the fact that he did join the space was great. And my fa- I missed it. I got into the space afterwards. Um, after he had already gotten off of there. But t- hearing Tony's um, explanation of his experience of uh, Coach Wardle coming on and everything, and it, it just kind of – it was great because he would kind of revisit – every every five to ten minutes he would uh, – he'd, he'd reference back to it. He was just floored by it, you know, which is cool. He was really excited, and everyone was. And uh, and that's what's awesome is hearing – getting to hear fans be fans. And that's what – that was my favorite – one of my favorite things too about the space was it was just straight up just fans loving Bradley basketball and celebrating a win together and in the most positive way possible and just the energy that was there. And I think, um, you know, one of the other folks that really participated heavily, Matt Russ, he even, he mentioned towards the end, he's like, you know, uh, him and Tony both, and I can't remember which one of them specifically said this, but how, you know, like, I love you guys. This is the most like passionate, degenerate fan base, uh, in the valley and he's like, i mean that in the best possible way like as a compliment and um and he's right and it's great and we take the losses hard but by god we celebrate the wins with the best of them yes that we do and i know for for me but i think about where do we fit in all of this and we provide a more analytical feel i think you told me that brad and what's awesome is for the spaces to kind of have this place where y'all can be fans right and we want that here too but I love that there's multiple lanes for this. And this is not just one of those things where just because we came out with something that not many people have doesn't mean that we're the be all end all of this. And to me, I want us to be a part of the fan base. And so for all these different things to be spawning off because the team is doing well, for us to be a part of that to me is very, very exciting and it's humbling for me. And I'm just happy that Bradley Nation has allowed me to be in this space, not a Twitter space, but in this space, because I don't live in Peoria. I've never been to Peoria, but damn it, 
I love this basketball team now because of you guys. Yeah, now, I like the platform the way, you know, with the Twitter space. And I hope Tony does that some more. You know, please do. It, it's better that platform after, you know, on game night, you know, after a game than, than this one that we're on right now. We're better seated, I think, I believe, as a platform to come and talk about it a day or so later. Yes. After things have calmed down a little bit, you know, emotions, either negative or positive, and try and sift through that, still bring a positive, you know, attitude, outlook. I agree. So something that is positive, fellas, as we move on to the big picture outlook, Indiana State loses again. They lose to Southern, which is something, Rick, you had been kind of on about a week ago when we were on last Saturday. And so the conference now, the, the big three, the top three really hasn't changed, although I think there are different permutations that could happen now. So, Rick, if you want to give a little bit of your analysis on what you've been going through, doing some homework for us. Well, I did. Get out the scrolls. Yes, but please. There was there was there was one big glitch as far as the overall look at the valley. Speaking of scrolls, I do have a sound effect for that if you if you want it. Coach <laughs> coach coach knows this one well. But go ahead, Ray. But because I act actually had Belmont going into Drake and beating them, I had that much confidence. Where I failed in that particular prediction was it slipped my mind. Belmont doesn't play a lot of good defense, and that's. I mean, that's more than what beat them. So, but that kind of, that kind of threw a wrench in it because I, I ended up with, with Indiana State, ended up winning out four games, you know, with what they have left and uh, taking the Valley by one game. But that doesn't necessarily look like that's going to be the case. They're, you know, they're going to have to win the tiebreaker. A team that almost looked invincible when we started this now almost looks ordinary. And yeah. I think that's the story, right? The The Valley is winnable for Drake, and it it's probably not winnable for Bradley only because they have too many games to make up. But there's a lot of shakeup that could happen coming into this, but so well, continue. Well, Drake's, Drake's biggest uh, road bump is us Yes, right now. And, hey, we're going to hope we go in there and take care of business just like we did Wednesday. Coach Prime, we coming. We coming. Oh, I should have brought the glasses up with me. I would have, uh, if, I, if I'd known we were going that route, I definitely would have worn the glasses. But, uh, excuse me. So, Brad, you mentioned that this is ISU week, and tomorrow at Carver is going to be the rivalry to end all rivalries. So why don't you give me your analysis on what you think besides just F the birds? Well, that's that's really all that needs to be said most of the time. <laughs> but, um they're obviously on a little bit of a heater, one three in a row, knocked off Illinois State, Evansville, and Northern Iowa coming into this game, feeling really good about themselves. And one thing that seemed to really turn the tables for them is they had some injuries that um, you know brought brought a a couple different players off the bench and forced them into more minutes. And Kinziger, uh, Kinziger, Kinziger, whatever um, freshman is one of them, sharp shooter, good from three can take the ball to the basket, and he's really been uh, giving them the boost that they've needed. And what I think is key for us in this game, and this was talked about a lot Wednesday night, is rebounding. Um, We have to be able, uh, and that's great, Todd, right? ISU sucks. Hashtag, if you can't go to school, go to state. And I love that. And I I think uh, on the the tweet today, I referred to them as normal community college. so that'll be uh, that'll be fun. So I think that we've got to win the rebounding battle, and we've got to 
because you know, that's something that we haven't had a ton of success with this year, at least not consistently. This team, you know, the motto, def, uh, compete, defend, rebound. And we have we've kind of struggled a little bit in the defending and rebounding area at times. And so I think to, to keep this thing moving, I'd like to see us improve a lot on the boards. And then again, uh, if we can keep that turnover, the turnovers in single digits, you know, keep getting good looks and be able to. I do think that in the second half, it, it seemed obvious to me that we made an attempt to uh, to try to have like Mal attack the basket more, and that's why you know he went, you know, he scored 17 points all from two two point range and went over five from three. You know, uh, so because he really went went to the basket a lot in the second half, got himself to the free throw line, which was beneficial. Um, also. Uh, gosh, I totally lost my train of thought, which is fantastic. I think uh, one we did a good job too defensively because it seemed like Missouri State had the same plan in the second half. Early on, they were just going to come right at us because they knew that like physically, physically we couldn't quite match up uh, with them body for body, and and they came after us and we're just going to bully, play bully ball to the rim, and you know I don't know, I'm not an X's and O's guy. I can't tell you specifically what. Uh, levers the the coaching staff uh, pulled or pushed, but we were able to make some adjustments, slow them down, and obviously when you when you go on the big runs and yeah zone we mixed in some zone which helped a lot, but when you go on the big runs and stretch the lead out, uh, it's hard to catch up with just two pointers. So that's and that's a good way to slow a team down that's trying to pound the ball inside is get get a big lead where they're going to have to start uh, shooting from behind the arc a little bit. What about you, Rick? They got. I don't know how to pronounce the name, Kazuki. He can hit the three. As a team, they don't shoot threes or haven't, but I don't know what they're – I haven't looked into it enough to see what their uh, shooting percentage is now that they've got uh, Kinsinger in there and, and such. But, you know, we can – they don't really have a whole lot of athleticism inside to be – I think that's we beat them pretty good inside at their place. And, you know, we just keep pounding them. Um they they are a good rebounding team, so like you said, just get in there and get to rebound and play your play our defense. Try and keep the fouls down, you know. Don't let them get to the free throw line. But they're going to be playing in a hostile environment that maybe they this particular uh, Redbird team has not seen from a big rivalry, not yet anyway. They're going to get a taste of it tomorrow. I hate games like this because this is a team who y'all beat a couple weeks ago. And now they've gone on a little bit of a stretch here where they have a little bit of confidence. And yes, they're coming into a hostile environment, but it's like the rivalry already means more than whatever the records say. And now they're coming in with confidence, which you just do not want to see. Thankfully, though, Bradley is coming in with the same confidence. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be tough for me not to watch it. But Brad, if they're up by like 27 points, you can let me know and I will be sure to turn on the game. And when it gets to like five points, I'll turn it right off again. I think you should watch it, man. Like we're not we're not bad luck. You're not bad luck. 0-3 oh, when I watch, 2-0 and oh when I don't. We're not we're not going to wear that collar, man. Like, uh, no, not at all. I think you should watch. It's going to be a great environment that, that you're going to want to experience. Obviously not as good as if you were there in person, which you watched the Drake game, and we, are, uh, we had a good crowd for that one as well. But, yeah, I mean, I think there was some mention, too, uh, the other night um, to echo some of the sentiments that I heard on uh, The Space you know, when we played down there, a couple of folks mentioned they felt like we were playing just kind of a step faster than they were. Um, seemed just a, li- a little more aggressive, like they just weren't quite up to speed. 
I, I don't know that you're going to necessarily see that disparity tomorrow because of the things you mentioned, Matt, the confidence. And, um, you know, they figured a few things out. And credit to them for doing that. I, I can't believe I even said that, but whatever. Um, and then I think it, it's uh, this is the, the highest uh, collective, like, winning percentage between these two teams when they've met up, like, in a long time. Uh, back in a uh, game that has just burned into my memory, 1996, the you know Bradley and Illinois State were competing for the conference regular season championship, and it came down to like last year. Uh, it was it was the last home game. It wasn't the last game of the season, but uh, Senior Day, Carver Arena on ESPN, Bradley and Illinois State sold out crowd, and uh, the Braves got the win in, in a wonder in an amazing environment. And uh, hopefully there's some of you out there listening that were at that game or, or remember I was probably, I would have been 10 years old um, at the time. So uh, great experience. They, they sold shirts then, Pluck the Birds shirts. I had a Pluck the Birds t-shirt that had the, you know, Bradley versus Illinois State and the, the date of the game on it and everything. And uh, it was a great experience. But it's been a while. It's been since then, basically, that both teams, not Illinois State, obviously not, not at the top of the league, but that's probably the last time that, both teams were as collectively as high as they are at the same time. It's going to be a matchup, but there's also some other matchups taking place that I think are worthy of our attention. And Rick is our resident expert on everything that is the Valley. So Rick, what are some matchups that pique your interest that could have something to do with Arch Madness? Didn't prepare myself for that one. The professor is here. How could you not prepare yourself for this? You are <laughs> the man. How about I'll chew you up, Drake at UNI? That could be a good game. Drake's probably going to well, not probably. They should pull that out with no problem. You and I seems to only play super well when they play us. <laughs> <laughs> so Drake, Drake should probably win that one. Who's the next one? Missouri State and Belmont? I'm going to go with Belmont on that one. Um, Missouri State's on life support. Right? Yeah, they yeah. are on life support. But Yeah, they've, they've got a lot of talent. And this is why I say, I mean, this is definitely going to be forged last year. If not, then... Missouri State as a university deserves every bad thing that they get from keeping him on. He's he's a great recruiter, but as a as a coach, X's nose coach, I'm sorry, you know, he he just doesn't have it. By the way, if I could have a little tangent for a second, we're talking about Coach Warren with this, and I heard this perspective about Nick Saban, but I think it's it's actually apropos here. Is that nowadays coaching is harder because not only are they were trying to recruit players to come in and be a part of the team. But they're also, even in the middle of the season, continuing to try to recruit players that they already have with the transfer portal and everything like that. And it's interesting to see all these guys stay at Bradley because that tells me that the environment has been great, that they enjoy playing here. They enjoy the teammates and the camaraderie and everything that goes about it. But just hearing that, it, it makes me think about how much harder the job is. Like if you were to ask Coach Wardle, is the job harder now than it was when you first took on, I would probably think that he would think that it's harder now because, again, he's got to make sure he keeps these players. And, Brad, you said he's got to be like, all, wear all these different hats in order to be their coach. He doesn't just get to coach them X's and O's. He's got to be all these different things to them on an emotional level. Just something I thought about when you're talking about being a great recruiter. It's a lot harder to recruit now. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, a, a player's fit within a program is huge. I mean, and, and Wardle has done, for the most part, pretty good. I mean, as far as bringing in kids that fit, for whatever reason, and I don't know, I don't have any any connections with anybody as far as intel, but 
maybe things I picked up, you know, the deal with Pettigrew and, and Ellis may not have been, once they got here, may not have been a very good fit. But programs will, will thrive with players that, that fit well. And that may be a problem like Missouri State. You know, they, did, they got a lot of talent, but not always does that talent fit together. Take some of that talent if they decide to transfer. It's also a testament to the players who stay because it's easier to leave for what you consider oh, yeah. greener pastures. So for all the guys that have been on the team, and Brad, you talked about not taking Duke Dean for granted. Well, there's a lot of other guys on the team, too, that I think are, are worthy of that as well because they've stayed the course with the team. And that has allowed you guys to have some pretty great last few years of, of Bradley basketball. I mean, especially last year, that memory being on the court. And you can't replace those memories with you know brand new players all the time. It doesn't translate to instant success. So it's definitely a harder job. The last game I want to talk about very, very quickly, Indiana State has a get-right game, so they've lost a couple in a row, but they should hopefully wipe the floor with UIC, and that's going to set up an interesting last week before we get to Arch Madness, fellas. So we have a lot that we are going to get into over the course of the next couple of weeks. And, of course, Brad and I you, you're, and I are going to be in Charlotte in a, less than a month for the NCAA tournament, and let's hope, God willing, that Bradley is one of those teams that is going to be there playing while we are there. So, But we got a lot of time between now and then, fellas. So do you guys have anything that you'd like to let everybody know before we close this out? Go be you. Let's get the birds tomorrow. Yeah, get your butts to Carver tomorrow night for uh, for the game, man, for the War on 74. I'm hoping to see Act 2 of uh, Connor Luckman Linky. I'll explain that one to you later, Iceman. But, uh, you know, Luck, I'll Luckman Lundy was a guy back on the 2019 team that uh, he basically spent the year on the bench and came in in the last few weeks of the season and was like the X factor and was crucial in getting the team to the tournament championship and then winning and going on the NCAA. And, and someone else mentioned, maybe I saw it on a message board somewhere, but that Coach Wardle seems to always find like that that missing piece uh you know, that, that X factor, if you will, later in the season and uh, plug them in. And, and they seem to be just that missing ingredient to uh, to launch the team to the next level. And, and maybe Connor Linky can be some version of that for the Braves this year. Yes, that's right. Lukeman legend. I love that. So, no, just super pumped about the game tomorrow night. Really excited. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great environment. Our kids are off to grandma's. So I think the wife's going to come to the game. And she's never really come to a Bradley game that's been, you know, had this had a, the kind of crowd that's going to be there tomorrow. And so I'm excited for her to see that because, um, you know, she hears me and me and dad be so excited about it all the time. And so I'm pumped that she gets to experience it. And, uh, yeah, just just excited and appreciative of all the support that uh, you guys are giving us. This is great, man. This is a great fan base, a great community. Love this team. And uh, like dad said, go be you. Could not agree more, and I want to echo that sentiment as well. We have seen an outpouring of support the last couple of weeks, almost an overwhelming amount from Bradley folks, from non-Bradley folks, but it is welcome here, and we just are going to try to continue to put on the best product that we can put on. I myself am excited for tomorrow as well, and I want to thank everybody who has supported us in whatever way possible. And I think this is a good time to say as well, and I mentioned it earlier, is that there are many different lanes for Bradley content, many different lanes for Bradley conversation. So 
whoever and whatever you decide to support, it is okay by us because the more support that this community gets, the better off that we all are. And before we get out of here, a couple of administrative things. If you want to follow us on social media, if you're not already following us on X, at Iceman and Coach is the handle for that. You can find us on TikTok at INC Sports. You can find us on Facebook. INC Sports is what you would search there. We're on every podcast app, Iceman and Coach. I generally try to post the audio the day after we go live here on YouTube. And of course, Maddie Ice Media Network, MaddieIceMedia.com for all the other podcasts that we have, including my sneaker podcast, Fire Footwear. Hope this finds everybody well and safe. Have a great time at the game. And from me and the OG over there, we'll see you next week. Opinions and viewpoints expressed on INC Sports are those of Matt Freights, Brad Powell, and their guests, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. INC Sports is exclusively owned by Matt Freights and Brad Powell and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.